uh, what over a hundred billion dollars, um, but still yes. can't break its dependence on the West. Yes, I meant to reply to you. Sorry on the issue of, of uh, how successful this this whole big fund. And indeed, corruption is one of the reasons, but it's not the only reason. U.S. has, has lots to do with with that. Uh, uh, so far, failure as far as at least moving up the ladder is concerned, I uh, design and tap. Because, um, for example, for Huawei, who is doing very well on design, the sanctions have literally obliterated any attempt to move forward. So I do think sanctions have been instrumental. I don't mean to say that they are right or wrong because I'm nobody to judge that, but there is a, a causality. Uh, from the sanctions to the actual success in very specific projects, especially up the ladder, design and and fab. Okay, thank you all very much. You heard there Alicia Garcia Herrero, who's Chief Economist for Asia Pacific at the Texas, uh, Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant Stuart Oldcroft, and our International Economics Correspondent Barry Wood. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, let's have another look around the Asia-Pacific stocks. The ASX 200 in Australia is off about 0.4%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan down about three quarters of a percent. The Cosby in South Korea also falling about 0.7%. And the Hang Seng is set to open about 50 points lower uh, later on this morning. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock with Money Talk. Coming up after the news next is Back Chat with Jim Gould and Danny Gittings. The weather forecast, strong east to southeasterly winds, occasional gales offshore and on high grounds. Um, at first, it is going to be showery in the next couple of days, although there will be sunny intervals early next week. The strong wind signal number three is in force and is expected to remain in force until at least uh, noon today. The temperature right now is 28 degrees and it's 82% relative humidity. Time's 8.32. Here's Andrew Shorosky with the half-hour news. Thank you, Peter. A hotel operator says they've received more than a thousand inquiries since the government announced on Monday that it would have hotel quarantine for inbound travelers to three nights. Mail Vastine, the director of operations at Ovalo Hotels, says 14 guests for shortened stays had already checked out of its two hotels, with a further 43 expected to leave today. He said the quarantine change might bring in more business people, but probably wouldn't make much difference to leisure travelers. The decision may bring in more business travelers and uh, those coming to visit family and friends, but will not substantively change anything for the leisure guests. They will still likely choose other destinations until there is no quarantine at all. So it will not be enough to return uh, Hong Kong to its position as one of the world's truly global destinations. So we hope quarantine will be completely gone before the Hong Kong 7 returns in November. National Security Police say they've arrested two men they suspect of violating the sedition law by posting social media messages promoting ill will between different classes of Hong Kong people. Here's Mike Weeks. The men aged 28 and 29 are suspected of posting the material in a social media page they manage. Sources say the suspects work in the Home Affairs Department and the Office of the Government Chief Information Officer and that they are the administrators of the Facebook page Civil Servant Secrets. In a statement, police said officers also investigated five other men, two of whom were arrested for fraud. The sources say they are ambulance personnel under the Fire Services Department and were suspected 
suspected of involvement with posts on the Facebook page. The force said police searched the officers and homes of the seven men with a court warrant and seized communication devices. The four suspects have been detained for questioning. Officers say more arrests could follow. The Hong Kong Observatory says the strong wind signal number three is likely to stay in force until noon, but it's unlikely to raise a higher signal unless Tropical Storm Mulan strengthens significantly or edges closer to Hong Kong. The storm is expected to come no closer than 350 kilometers. Kindergarten classes and schools for disabled children are suspended today. And overseas, several explosions have shaken a Russian military airfield in western Crimea. The head of the local administration, Sergei Aksionov, said one person had died in the blasts. He said the cause of the explosions was being investigated. It's too early to talk about the reasons behind the incident. The investigating committee will find out. First of all, we've taken measures to secure the perimeter. There's fencing, police patrol cars, foot patrols forming a five-kilometer perimeter to prevent local citizens from being hurt. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. On today's programme, we're talking about the relaxation of the quarantine rules. Overseas arrivals are now required to spend uh, three days in hotel quarantine instead of seven and then undergo medical surveillance for four more days at home. An amber code will appear on their Leave Home Safe app to restrict movements, meaning uh, they won't be able to visit uh, bars, uh, gyms and restaurants, but can still go out to work or school. Business groups have welcomed the announcement, but some chambers and airlines are calling on the authorities to fully reopen to the rest of the world to revive the territory's economy. After 9.15, we'll look at the respiratory infection known as croup, which has been connected with uh, some cases of COVID in children. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And we have uh, with us uh, on the line now for our first half discussion, uh, Alan Zeman, uh, Chairman of the Lang Kwai Fong Group, and Fanny Young, Executive Director of the Travel Industry Council. Um, good morning to you both. Uh, perhaps uh, um, Alan Zeman, uh, we can come to you first. Good morning. morning. Alan Zeman, so from your point of view, this is a step in the right direction. Well, it's a breath of fresh air. Mm. I mean, I think it's something that Hong Kong has been waiting for for a long time. And I give credit to this new administration. Uh, they, they've been in power, John Lee, and uh, in his, uh, uh, his uh, health minister, uh, you know, Lo Chung Mao, have been in, you know, in, in power for a month and a half. And we, they've made so many changes. And uh, all I can say, you know, the old song, Happier Days Are Here Again, well... <laughs> <laughs> they're there they've started and uh, we can see uh, you know there's been so much enthusiasm from so many people uh, if you look at yesterday's news uh, one-way economy tickets from London sold out you know overnight you know and and uh, you know, people can save on hotels. Uh, you know, there's been problems in the past. The hotels, you know, quarantine hotels couldn't find them. The prices of airline tickets were up. Uh, you know, people who live in Hong Kong, students, uh, uh, 
friends, families, people hadn't seen their families in three years. Um, you know, uh, Monday flight bookings increased by 249%. You know, I was on the airport authority board for so many years. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's the third runway now. It's really, really important that Hong Kong, again, joins up with the rest of the world and sends a message that uh, we are, you know, headquarters for travel and, and you know, our airport is was always is the best in the world and, and uh, financial services very very important to Hong Kong and this was lacking because with 21 day quarantine se- 14 days 7 days it just didn't work and I think this new government really realizes that and, and has at least taken a first step of course everybody is looking for um, you know uh, eventual zero quarantine like the rest of the world has and I think that will come um, but I think they want to be cautious and do it in a, uh, you know, go halfway point with uh, three plus four first, and then hopefully it gets to zero. You know, we have a very big conference coming up in November, a financial conference. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> bankers from all over the world, as well as the rugby sevens. But uh, that, the bankers is a very important uh, aspect. And if they have to stay in quarantine, um, you know, suggestion is they don't, we don't uh, hold that because they'll send a very negative message because they'll be visiting a, a you know a number of countries before and after they come, including Singapore, and so we need to send a very strong message in November to the world that Hong Kong is back and open for business. We've suffered through three years or four years of, of uh, previous administration who literally um, you know really set Hong Kong back for. For a long time. Yeah, so, sorry, some of those bankers have apparently said uh, uh, they wouldn't come uh, if they had to undergo uh, quarantine. Correct. And they'd be asking, so, so, I mean, would you be looking for, uh, you know, the scrapping of quarantine completely by November? I would hope so. I would hope that uh, the three plus four people get used to three plus four. I think that uh, Lo Chung Mao is, is, uh, is you know, uh, doing this as an experiment first to, you know, and the good thing is he works with data and science, like you said before. President Xi Jinping was here, you know, I attended the conference when he was here, and uh, he said very clearly, you're one, Hong Kong is one country, two systems, that will remain even past 2047, and uh, you can, you know, you don't have to follow China, um, on, you know, with you with what you're doing, um, it's important that you may remember that you're an international financial center, and China derives a lot of benefit from that, and they don't want to lose that, and that's something that's very, very important. Our brand has really been tarnished uh, around the world. I mean, they just keep bashing Hong Kong, that China's taken back Hong Kong, which is not true at all. I mean, we've joined up, but uh, it's, you know, Hong Kong is as free as, as we've ever been. And, and so I think that, uh, uh, you know, we need to really send a message to the world. And we can see from the pent-up demand of people wanting to come back. I just see uh, that uh, this group, Blackpink from Japan, is set for two Hong Kong shows in January. In January, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they're coming back, you know. And so, and so you know, hotel rooms were, you know, will double. Um, I know, you know, people are saying, well, it's not going to help tourism, it'll help business. Business, for sure, it'll help business, because for so many years, um, businesses couldn't bring their executives out, because no executive was going to sit in quarantine for so so long. Three days is manageable, and then, of course, the four days with the yellow code, you can go to the office. And so uh, I think it's very, it's a very pragmatic way forward for Hong Kong. 
Well, on the issue of tourism, we're also joined by uh, Fanny Young. Fanny Young is the Executive Director of uh, Travel Industry Council. Good morning. 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 Uh, okay, is, is there an issue here? That I mean, this is great for um, business people, people who live in Hong Kong who are travelling, but um, how much is it going to help your industry? Well, uh, definitely it is a positive impact to, to our industry. But uh, as you said, um, I, I think um, for the inbound tourist visitors, it will be a very minimal. Uh, well, uh, as what Alan said, you, well, if it is for business or visiting friends and relatives, well, they may have uh, some kind of, uh, I mean, uh, incremental on that aspect. But when you're talking about a tourist visiting Hong Kong, um, but they still have to go go under this uh, 3 plus 4 quarantine measure, uh, well, they, they just have a choice, right? Uh, the nearby countries, they are all uh, quarantine-free. So um, I, I just don't think because of we reducing the number of days, it will attract them to visit Hong Kong as a tourist. So inbound, it's not going to help inbound tourism much. How about outbound tourism? We, we've seen a few tour groups resuming okay. when quarantine was seven days, didn't we? Um, do you get the sense that there'll be a lot more tour groups when you, you now come back for this, this shorter quarantine period? Yes, we expect that will be hey, uh, there will be a growth in the outbound uh, outbound business. Well, you, you know Hong Kong people is hungry for, for vacations, right? So after this almost three years' time. So um, for the outbound, we expect that will be around 20 to 30 percent growth. Well, uh, but but after but after all, I mean the base uh, for the outbound uh, outbound struggle is still is still uh, not not big. I I should say in the past two months in June and July, uh, the number of tour groups. Uh, depart from Hong Kong. I mean, the really successfully departure um, out of 200 registered tour group. Uh, we have only around 20 plus tour group departure during the past two months. So, so um, even we have a growth on that, but but may may still not be very very. Uh, I mean, the number is not very big. Though the percentage may be up to 30 percent. And, of course, it's still very difficult to travel to Japan, which is one of the most uh, popular destinations for Hong Kong as before. Yes, the yes. Out of, yes, yes. Out of those two groups, the majority is going to Japan. You know, it's the top destination for Hong Kong people. So until Japan reopens properly, maybe uh, you're not going to see quite the same sort of um, rebirth in outward-bound tourism? Uh, well, outbound, again, uh, that would be a... There would be a... Uh, a, a Grow, but but not very significant. But of course, I think if Japan, they all because right now Japan is still uh, only allow uh, to a group, right? So if they allow um, FIT uh, individual travelers, the the, the the kind of uh, that that kind of uh, practice, then maybe it will help a bit as well. Uh, Alan Zeman, um, one one thing we've seen as travel resumed in the rest of the world was it's horrendous chaos at airports around the world. There's stories from London, Amsterdam, yeah. and so on. And um, I, I've seen, I know they say they're going to send more staff to the, the Hong Kong airport, but uh, uh, there are a lot of procedures you have to go through when you land, and that, that's not going to change. The, the procedures well, are the same. I think, I think they're talking about change. They've simplified a lot of it. Uh, yes, before it was insane, basically. You know, it, it turned off a lot of people from coming here. But uh, they have talked about now changing uh, that and, and, and simplifying it. And I, I think as we get more comfortable with the 3 plus 4, it just was instituted, um, give it a chance, and, and I think things will go back to normal. We, we certainly now have some very accomplished, you know, uh, CMLO is, is a 
accomplished doctor, uh, renowned in the world, and he's the head of the health department at the moment, at the, you know, the minister of health. And, and, and John Lee's very open-minded, as we can see in the short while he's been in power. And so uh, they're can-do guys. And, uh, and it's just a refreshing change from, you know, I've talked to so many people in Hong Kong who've really been stifled. And sure. there's been such an exodus of people leaving Hong Kong because of that. Sure. And, and I, I just am hoping that this will be a start. And, and people I've talked to are now talking about potentially returning back to Hong Kong. People did not want to leave Hong Kong. So I mean, refreshing yeah. change sounds like a bit of a uh, implicit criticism of the old... I mean, you keep talking about oh. the, this new administration doing this. Yeah. A bit of implicit criticism of the old administration that they didn't well, want to fast I, on. I, I am, because even though I was part of it and whatever, but it was very difficult in the old administration, you know, and, and uh, I don't want to criticize people or whatever, but, I mean, in, in fact, you know, it, it just was was horrendous for Hong Kong, and we've lost a lot of businesses. We've lost, you know, Singapore has gained so much from Hong Kong's, you know, inefficiency. And, and, and it's time, you know, people love Hong Kong, and Singapore has much stricter laws than Hong Kong, but yet people are willing... You know, people need to travel. Travel is very important, especially to Hong Kong people. Uh, that's always been our, our strength here, that people come in and out the airport. You know, we, we, we had 100 million passengers every year. You know, it was, it was uh, wonderful. And now we're talking about, I know the government's working with China on uh, potentially opening up the Chinese border, and that will also help a lot. And, you know, and, and, and uh, it's something that, you know, many of the locals have been waiting for, and businesses as well. So, you know, I, I just see light at the end of the tunnel, and there's, it's a breath of fresh air. So if you're really kind of sitting where I'm sitting, you can see things happening, and you know that things are, are going to get better and better for Hong Kong. Fanny Young, from where you're sitting, you also seeing light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, well, we finger crossed on that. So, uh, but, but right now, I mean, un until the zero quarantine measure, I, I don't think uh, our industry will will be will be have any any restart of the struggle business. What are your hopes and expectations for a zero quarantine? Uh, well, I think um, similar. We we know that there is, a, I mean, the a, a finance. Uh, Group will be visiting Hong Kong in November, so mm -hmm. so we hope that the three plus four will only last until end October. So at least we have a timeline to to restart our to restart our travel business mm -hmm. so uh, before the end of the year. Are most of your members operating, or they, they? I mean, I presume staff in most travel agencies are still on unpaid leave, right? Or they probably left the industry altogether. Right, exactly. Well, actually, uh, you know the number the number of travel agents. Uh, well. Uh, the uh, pre-pandemic uh, compared to to this July, all right. So the the number of the agency closed down um, based on the absolute number is it's around 150. But in the actual reality, the number of closed down agency is is over 300 travel agents, and it uh, also, it is excluding some of the agency. Uh, I mean, a, a, that that was uh, I mean reducing their force for for uh, tremendously, and um, of course at the same time there's some. Uh, Hundred plus agents, they they new agents open up, but the problem was um, the those agents they closed down is over forty years of experience in the travel industry, and then they have over hundreds of employees. But the new agents that uh, the new startup agents is only maybe a few members, so um, the actual impact is much more than what we see on the top of the figure. Uh, regarding the staff, 
the staff of travel agents, the pre-pandemic, it is uh, around 1,800, um, 18,000, sorry, 18,000. Um, and in our recent, um, in our recent uh, 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 record, it is uh, in July, it is around 11,000. So the, the reducing, uh, the number of uh, drop is, is around close to 40%. But again, as what you have mentioned, there used to be full-time order, uh, 18,000 is full-time staff, but right now it is, um, well, maybe half of them or more than half of them is from part-time. And even the, the full-time staff, maybe they just work for two days in a week. So, um, it But is, still, I mean, what are they doing? Is, what are they doing, those um, <laughs> 11,000, even if they're working two days a week? I mean, and there are hardly any tour groups. Uh, I suppose you, you organise a few local tours, but there's, right, is there exactly. really enough business for 11, even for 11,000 people? Uh, of course not. So, so that's why we we have been, um, I mean, asking uh, governments, uh, governments uh, 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 subsidies for for to supporting the staff. Otherwise, you know, uh, we we we. I mean, the travel industry is very worried. We worry that we cannot. Uh, a lot of them cannot wait until the um, the, the border opens because by the time the border opens, we, we don't have any more staff. So, so we need the subsidies from government on on this kind uh, on the staff salary at least for us to maintain the people here. I, I mean, the the people right now. So otherwise, even though the border opens, we 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 are diminishing. Um, Alan Zeman, uh, could I ask you, as uh, someone uh, heavily involved in the restaurant and uh, entertainment business, uh, uh, this uh, relaxation of quarantine, it comes uh, at the same time as um, a new system for the Leave Home Safe app with the three uh, colour coding. Um, uh, and, and also, um, restaurants are going to need to make sure that uh, their QR verification scanners are connected to the internet. I mean, is this going to cause any operational difficulties? Well, I think at the beginning it will, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a two-week grace period for restaurants and bars to be able to connect to the Internet. Um, but I think once people get used to it, uh, people are very adaptable. You know, I agree with Fanny. You know, the tourism industry has basically almost been decimated, you know, for people and staff. I mean, a lot of the, some of the tour uh, staff have uh, come over to the restaurant to work as waiters and, and, and busboys and, and working in bars. But it, it's very, very difficult. Hong Kong is facing a recession at the moment. And that's why I do agree that we need to get Hong Kong moving again. We need to open up uh, and, and, and uh, you know, join the rest of the world. And of course, uh, I estimate that there's no guarantee, but board with China has to open up eventually as well, because, uh, you know, things are not so great in China at the moment. And, and uh, uh, I, I estimate, you know, maybe after the party Congress, uh, which rumors are coming out that that's when they will start relaxing. And they already have started to relax restrictions and hopefully we can come up with some kind of a bubble in the meantime for southern China and, and Hong Kong um, hopefully but uh, I know the government's working hard on it but in the restaurant bar business um, things have been tough you know I, I'd estimate probably in the bar business probably around 20% uh, have closed down as well same as in the tourism industry and, and uh, restaurants as well you know uh, bars have to close at 2 a.m. and, and uh, in the past they can open till 4 or 5 in the morning and, and uh, in order to 
have their income coming in, and, and restaurants have to close at midnight. And in the past, they can open until two or three in the morning. So I'm hoping that now with these color codes in, once people get used to it, government will have more confidence uh, that it works and maybe can relax restrictions so that uh, the industries can get moving again. Uh, Hong Kong in general, many industries, most industries, have really been hit by this COVID. And, and uh, we've just, it's, and from what the doctors are saying, it looks like it's going to be endemic. And it's mm. something we're going to have to live with, whether we like it or not, all over the world. Like of the course, food. you still have to take an RAT test if you want to go to yeah, a, a bar. That's, another, and, that's um, another thing that we like that, you know, that's our good friend Sophia Chan was the one that instituted that as a present before she left. And You're uh, being sarcastic there, I presume. Yeah, I, yes. I am. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's also, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult. And that's why I really am a firm believer that this new color code system will really help. And maybe we can eliminate the rat tests before people go to bars. So you're saying people haven't got, because just now you were talking about getting used to new systems. I mean, that's been in place for months well, now, but you don't pe- think people are really People are doing it now, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of grumbling and a lot. And then the, po- the police are coming in, at, you know, on weekends and many of the places and just checking to make sure that uh, the, that, uh, restrictions are being followed or otherwise people get fined. You know, it's not Hong Kong. It's not the way Hong Kong used to be. Hong Kong was always open and people, you know, everything flourished and Hong Kong's people's lives got better and better. And so I think that we've got to get back to that. Uh, and that's something that's important. We've all improvised and done the best we could under the circumstances. But as I said earlier, it's a breath of fresh air now with this government. And how about mask wearing? Do you think that should continue? Or do you think that we have I think mask wearing, uh, I'm a firm believer it has helped. I mean, I haven't had a cold in four years since I'm wearing a mask. I used to get sick all the time. So I'm not, that. you know, I think Hong Kong people, Asians in general, are, are used, more used to wearing masks. You know, I mean, uh, people have more masks. How about visitors? How about visitors? I mean, you're talking about resuming... Well, uh, visitors, yeah, visitors as well. Listen, I don't think it's, it's, it's so bad, you know. I mean, uh, eventually, as, as we get the proper vaccines, you know, they're not talking about uh, a new vaccine coming out in October, November, uh, for that'll, that'll uh, help uh, to prevent uh, Omicron from, you know, from you. So, uh, you know, and, and people have to get re-vaccinated uh, re- again. So I think that once once we get comfortable or start to learn, as we do with the flu, we don't panic every year when the flu comes out, you know, and, and the rest of the world has kind of established that that happens. You know, you go to Europe, you go to U.S., Canada, wherever, uh, there's, you know, it, it, nobody discusses it anymore. It, you know, I get calls all the time about businesses overseas, and, and you know, and it's a different, it's a different world, and here we are starting to join up again, and so... Uh, that's something that's very important for Hong Kong, get the jobs back, get people working again, and, and, and get the happiness back. Uh, what do you think about that, uh, Fanny Young? I mean, much of the rest of the world has given up on mask wearing, hasn't it? I mean, if it, if it remains a requirement in Hong Kong, is that you know, going to affect our image and, and reduce the attractiveness of the place? Well, I think uh, well, to us right now is the quarantine is the biggest thing. So other kinds of enhancements, uh, where like wearing masks, I think it is a, it is a kind of nice to have measure if you can choose. But uh, definitely, uh, well, we, we, we are okay if, um, 
if they are wait, uh, I mean, current measure is reducing to zero, then well, we can wear a mask for a period of time at least. I don't think that is uh, quite quite major. And how about the reopening of the border with the mainland? Uh, Alan Stephen was talking about that. How how important is that to your industry? Well. Um, for for our industry, actually, we just want to open the, the the border or to any other to the overseas any any countries we we are, we are fine. So of course, if you uh, looking at the previous figure, you you know China, uh, visitors from China is over eighty percent of the uh, I mean Hong Kong tourists. So if we can start with China, of course this is good. At least we can uh, we can have uh, business. Even though with the south southern China. Uh, region first, then then or, or the GBA area. I think we are we are totally good as as long as we can have visitors coming back. But a lot of people saying that actually uh, relaxing quarantine requirements with the outside world is actually going to make it more difficult to reopen the border of China. Mm, yes, we we heard about that, but but uh, what we can see from the government that there's no no con no conflicts. What they mentioned, that, I mean, on on both areas. Well, they would like to do both, but it was on the other side of the border that, I mean, when they're fighting to keep uh, COVID out of China, that uh, they, if there's so many cases in Hong Kong and f fewer restrictions, they'll be worried about reopening the border. Uh, well, I, I think that it will be based on the fact and also the data that the government will be collecting. Uh, and, and, and they will just tell us what to, what to do. But uh, for, for our, uh, our industry, we just want to, um, I mean, open a place for tourists to come in, no matter if it's from China or from overseas. We, we, we are totally okay as long as we have visitors coming. Okay, we've got to take a break now for the news summary at nine o'clock. But uh, thanks very much for joining us uh, on the programme. Uh, Fanny Young, their Executive Director of the Travel Industry Council, and Alan Zeman, Chairman of the Lang Kwai Fong Group. If you want to get involved, you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk, or give us a call on 233 uh, We've got a few messages which uh, we'll come to after the break. Um, a quick look at the weather, um, the strong east to southeasterly winds, uh, occasionally gales offshore and on high ground at first. Um, uh, seas will be very rough with swells. Uh, the outlook uh, is still showery in the next couple of days at sunny intervals early next week. Uh, the number three signal is still in effect. It's 28 degrees and humidity 83%. Okay. And welcome back to Backchat uh, with Danny Gittings and me, Jim Gould. And uh, this morning we're going to continue our discussion about the relaxation of the quarantine rules. Um, in a moment we're going to speak uh, to um, Mail Vastine, who's a Director of Operations at uh, Avolo Hotels. Um, just before that, uh, a few messages from uh, listeners which we'd uh, like to read out. Uh, this one from uh, Henry on our Facebook uh, Henry says uh, uh, the costs to uh, Hong Kong uh, done by the previous uh, excessive harsh quarantine is very large. We should not be afraid to criticise the old administration. We must face the fact uh, travel agents, tour operators, retail shops, companies uh, close. Uh, some companies move to other places, etc. Uh, news is even uh, famous Linghem restaurant uh, closed. Uh, can't beat the low customer traffic. To move back to old days or, cl or close to old days requires uh, massive efforts on many fronts uh, regarding where to get staff to operate uh, tour buses, etc. And also on our Facebook page, uh, Richard says, according to my rough calculations from pre-departure to day 10... 
a person would have to do approximately 16 tests, both PCR and RAT. An incredible waste of resources. And really, what is the point of keeping the quarantine at all? Is the risk of catching COVID from a traveller who is testing negative 16 times greater than a random person walking down Nathan Road? Also on our Facebook page, uh, Marcus picking up on actually a change in the way that they count the quarantine period. The quarantine period used to start from uh, day one, but it's now going to be starting from uh, day zero. So Marcus says it, uh, it's actually three nights and four days, but our government is logically challenged. And on our email, uh, a message here from uh, Mr and Mrs Din. Um, uh, well, Mr Din says, uh, My wife and I, 50-plus year residents, uh, senior citizens of Hong Kong, are surely not alone in despairing of ever learning that the ludicrous hotel quarantine for incoming residents and visitors policy will ever be scrapped. My daughter and family of four, also Hong Kong belongers but working overseas, are clinging to the hope that they will be able to visit Hong Kong for Christmas, but cannot afford to do so if it involves paying for hotel incarceration. Neither do they wish to spend their hard-earned holiday going backwards and forwards for days to get retested, especially when they are all triple or even quadruple vaccinated, as are we. The alternative for us, uh, both health-impaired septuagenarians, is to travel to spend Christmas with them in their fully open and energetic society, but to endure the cost and health risks of hotel incarceration on return. Thank you. That from uh, Mr Din. Um, uh, as mentioned, uh, we're joined on the line by uh, Mail Vastine, Director of Operations at Avolo Hotels. Good morning to you. Good morning. So the uh, situation has, uh, has changed uh, uh, quite dramatically, I guess, now. Um, 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 uh, reduction of uh, hotel quarantine requirement from seven days to three means, uh, in effect, uh, the number of rooms uh, must have doubled. Um, and what, what sort of uh, difference is it making to your operations? Yes, it's, uh, it's live. It's happening since the uh, announcement. Uh, we at uh, Ovolo Central and Ovolo Southside uh, had already 14 rooms early checkout yesterday on the top of the uh, expected ones and today we have a total of 43 checkouts from the guests shortening their stay. Look, I think this is the right direction for, uh, for Hong Kong and hopefully soon to fully reopen with no, no quarantine at all. So uh, our team is looking forward to welcoming regular guests, so to enjoy this face-to-face uh, -face service that, uh, that we love so much. It must so, be a pretty chaotic time for your staff because you've simply got thousands of bookings to rebook now, right, in, into the months ahead. That, that's right. Uh, we are currently working on facilitating, amending uh, 2,350 uh, reservations, and uh, we've received an additional uh, 1,000 inquiry in the past uh, 24 hours. So we are expecting much more today. Uh, but one word, flexibility. Uh, you know, for August, we invite our guests to get their refund uh, upon checkout. And for September and October, we send an email to all of them asking uh, if they would prefer to be refunded now or uh, upon checkout. So while the process uh, of uh, handling quarantine has been challenging, it has forced us to be more uh, agile and flexible. We are very proud to uh, have cared for so many uh, returning Hong Kongers over the past two years. Uh, and and so, presumably you've got a problem with cleaning these rooms as well. I mean, uh, it, it takes some time to clean a room that uh, somebody who's been in quarantine has been in. So are you able to release these rooms that people check out early? Are you able to release them immediately for other people to use? 
Well, it, it, it's challenging. Um, uh, yes, more room turnaround we require more manpower in housekeeping, room attendant, as well as uh, front office staff at reception. Um, the, the, the process of ending quarantine, uh, as I say, is very challenging and uh, even more now, but uh, we are welcoming that decision. Um, it's, uh, it's a step forward in, uh, in the right direction and uh, uh, the decision to shorten the quarantine may bring more uh, business travelers and those coming uh, to visit their family and friends, but uh, will not substantively change anything for leisure guests, I think, uh, uh, as they will uh, still likely choose other destinations until there is no quarantine at all. So uh, I think it will not be enough to return uh, Hong Kong to its position as uh, one of the world's few truly global destinations. So we really hope that quarantine will be completely gone before the uh, Hong Kong 7 returns in, uh, in November. But that's not actually in your narrow interest in, in the hotel group, right? You've, you've got two hotels full of guests because of quarantine. Aren't you going to look, I, I know you can say you look at the broader interest, you're going to lose a lot of business if quarantine disappears. It's just a different, uh, a, a different business. Uh, we, we look at, uh, you know, expandi uh, expanding our operation. We, we, we look definitely at a, a broader picture uh, when it comes to, to hospitality and uh, um, managing quarantine hotel is, uh, is, is, is complicated, it's challenging, and uh, it does not necessarily, yes, it, it, it's positive on the top line, but not necessarily in terms of, uh, of, uh, of profit, the bottom line. You know, it, it's, uh, it, again, very challenging, and uh, we are looking forward to uh, uh, more normal, uh, you know, business and leisure travelers. Uh, the interaction with our guests is, uh, is not as what he used to be, and this is at the core of our uh, um, our industry, you know, this face-to-face -face service, and uh, we, we want that back. You mentioned it being very challenging. I mean, a lot of hotel groups actually took a decision not to participate in the quarantine scheme, didn't they? I mean, that's one of the reasons why there was such a shortage of, um, of hotel rooms. But your group decided, I think you have two, don't you, two hotels in the quarantine scheme. You actually consciously decided to participate in it, didn't you, even though, you, you've, as you say, you found it so challenging? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to be uh, proactive and an actor of, of that, that change into quarantine because it was necessary at the time. Uh, we don't think it's, it's going to be uh, uh, relevant uh, in, in the long run. So we need to adapt to uh, what's the market like. And uh, we have been always very proactive when it comes to uh, providing solution to the city. And uh, moving forward, we, we, you know, we all want, I think, not, not only us, but uh, to resume to normal activity. Uh, just a few weeks ago, a lot of Hong Kong people overseas were saying it, it was still very difficult to come back because of a shortage of, uh, of quarantine hotel rooms. Um, what do you expect the situation to be like uh, now um, in, in the next few weeks and months? Well, I think uh, here our job is to welcome uh, our guests uh, the best we can. And uh, we sign up for uh, the eight cycle, and this is ongoing until the end of uh, October. So we'll do the very best we can, and uh, I think we have a very good uh, good feedback so far from uh, from, from our uh, customer. And um, yeah, Ovolo is uh, is out there and has been de delivering the best when it comes to uh, guest satisfaction in, in that context of uh, of, of quarantine um, service and. Uh, 
in in the next couple of weeks and months, we we hope that the government will realize that uh, we we need to to move to the next step, and uh, we'll be there for the government, but we'll be there also for our guests when it comes to uh, changing to no quarantine at all. Of course, there, there may be a lot more hotel rooms becoming available because of the change in quarantine. But it's reasonable to suppose a lot of people are going to go. A lot more people are going to go travelling, so uh, demand might rise faster than the extra supply of rooms you have. Yes, we'll have to work out through that transition altogether. I believe uh, uh, more demand and, and hopefully, uh, yeah, uh, an offer that can match that demand. Okay. And you still, you talk about, although you, you've made a business out of um, running quarantine hotels, this is not your preferred way to run hotels. You, you'd much, you, you're saying it's, it's very challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, we have four properties in Hong Kong, and uh, we have two doing, two doing uh, the quarantine uh, uh, service and two non-quarantine. And uh, it's definitely, um, you know, um, uh, not, not the way we... Uh, we, we used to operate uh, uh, back then, and uh, I think everyone is looking forward now to, uh, to get back to normal activities, no, normal business, welcoming, uh, you know, business travelers and, and leisures and, um, yeah, uh, back to normal hospitality. And how did the non-quarantine hotels survive? Is it just staycations? I mean... <clears throat> yes, um, a lot of staycation. We can call it staycation. A lot of people are looking for... Uh, you know, places to, for example, renovate their apartments or, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very, uh, a different business and, uh, and, uh, we are doing the best we can on, on both sides and, and hopefully with, uh, that transition moving forward in the next couple of months, we can, uh, we, we can, uh, get back to a normal, uh, hospitality delivering, uh, good service, uh, in Hong Kong. We're only really talking about resumption of international travel here, not travel from the mainland. I mean, that's a completely separate issue. And uh, yes. it's difficult to see that um, uh, you could have a resumption of mainland uh, visitors in the, the same sort of numbers that we used to, used to have in the past. Uh, how, how, mu how much does that impact you? Well, um, it has impacted the, the whole Hong Kong, not, not only us. And uh, um, I think both international travellers as well as... Uh, People from the mainland should be able to come to Hong Kong, uh, you know, freely and without uh, being scared of traveling. It's happening everywhere in the world, and uh, we, of course, it's impacting our business, not only hospitality, and uh, it, it, it just does not make sense anymore when you have the whole planet uh, open and, and doing business. Uh, being in that situation is uh, it's, it's difficult, and uh, I think everyone think of uh, of that. Uh, um, and uh, need to have, uh, I think, a more common sense and reopen to, uh, to, to you know, to, to business as usual. Before the pandemic, what sort of your percentage of your customers were coming from mainland visitors versus foreign visitors? So uh, at Ovalo, I think um, over 65, 70 million travelers into Hong Kong, there was a a yeah, very large part uh, of uh, people from the mainland. Uh, uh, and uh, we had uh, up to 30% of uh, uh, travelers from the mainland. And uh, it, it depends on the location of our hotel. We have a hotel in Central, another one in South Sai, Wong Shepong, another one in, in Shenwan, and uh, uh, in a, another one in Aberdeen. So uh, depending on the location, we were, um, you know, welcoming a lot of business travelers as well as uh, leisure. And uh, yes, 
Um, now we we obviously are uh, welcoming only people returning to Hong Kong. But with that decision, um, we we hopefully again uh, we look forward to welcome more business travelers. But when it comes to leisure, I think we'll have to wait uh, that there is no quarantine at all. If you have the opportunity to travel in Asia, I think you will choose to go to any other countries where uh, there is no quarantine at all. Okay, uh, just uh, one email here from a listener uh, George uh, I, I wonder if you could uh, perhaps shed some light on this um, it says um, uh, it is currently still almost impossible to get a quarantine hotel room for next month and secondly where do our business travelers go after spending their first three days in quarantine most hotels I've contacted will not take anyone with a yellow status um, do you know about that Mr Vastine? Well, I think the, uh, the backlog that uh, has uh, created this uh, uh, last-minute decision uh, to, 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 well, it was expected, but the information came up on, uh, on Monday and it was more expected last week. So we, we, we have to uh, deal first with uh, uh, arranging all the, the guests that have booked with us. And uh, uh, I mentioned it has, uh, you know, affected uh, 2,000 uh, 350 uh, bookings and uh, we have uh, an additional 1,000 inquiry in the past uh, uh, 24 hours so there is obviously a lot of work to be done by uh, uh, the hospitality in industry and to, to resume this, uh, this backlog but uh, uh, everyone, every hotel in, in Hong Kong is obviously uh, uh, welcoming uh, any new inquiry. There, there will be a lot of amendments you know, from seven nights to three nights, mm -hmm. and it's going to create space in, a, in our books, obviously. So, um, I, I want to I want to say to to, to this uh, potential uh, uh, customer and, and, and to our uh, customer in general, I think everyone needs to be patient. We are working very hard to uh, to, to find solution uh, for them and and the potential and and the inquiries. And uh, in the next couple of days, I'm confident that uh, we'll uh, find even more solution for, for the new inquiry. So it's just, it's just a matter of time. Uh, again, okay. it's, it's all about planning. We've been doing that for the past two years, and we are confident that uh, we can make this uh, happen again. And, uh, and we'll be there for, for our guests. And, uh, and uh, we've been, yes. I think within the next uh, week or so, uh, everything will uh, resume to, uh, to, to, to normal, where we'll be able to, uh, to welcome guests. And uh, uh, there is a, our website uh, mm -hmm. where uh, we are welcoming new inquiries, but mm -hmm. we also have uh, you know, our line open where we can help people uh, who have uh, you know, consolation, refund, new inquiries. So um, it's going to create space. That decision will create space in our books. And yeah. I don't think there will be uh, any uh, any problem of uh, being fully booked for, uh, for for newcomers into Hong Kong.
Okay, great. All right. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us on the programme this morning. That was uh, Mel Vastin, who's uh, Director of Operations at Avolo Hotels. And uh, for the last uh, 10 minutes or so of the programme this morning, we're going to switch our attention uh, to another issue. By the way, I do have uh, several more messages uh, on our main topic, which I'll leave until the end of the programme now, because we're joined uh, on the line by Dr Mike Kwan, who's um, honorary clinical associate professor at the Department of Pediatrics and Adolescent Medicine at the University of Hong Kong. And uh, Dr. Kwan is uh, joining us to talk about uh, this condition known as uh, croup. It's a respiratory infection which has been connected with uh, uh, cases of COVID in children. Um, quite a lot has been uh, written about it in the past uh, few days. Uh, Dr. Kwan, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, uh, could you uh, tell us uh, a little bit more about uh, about this condition, croup? C R O U P. It's spelled. Uh, I think uh, quite a lot of people um, didn't know about it beforehand. Yeah, this condition refers to an infection and inflammation of the upper airway of small children, usually from six months to three years of age, and this uh, infection. Uh, actually cause obstruction to breathing and cause some characteristic symptoms uh, which we call which uh, which uh, lead to these groups. And in this Omicron outbreak in the fifth wave, the uh, Hong Kong University uh, led by Professor Yilong Lao, we published our findings that the Omicron uh, COVID is the major major cause of the groups among children uh, during the past uh, fifth wave. And also we found the increased incidence of the cases in the recent, uh, recent weeks. And uh, the groups, in the medical terms, actually we call this a laryngotracheal bronchitis. Mm -hmm. This means a swelling uh, around the voice box, the larynx, the windpipe, the trachea, and also the bronchial tubes, the bronchi, which produce the characteristic uh, barking cough and also dry though. The barking cough means that when the child coughs, it forces the air through the, the narrow passageway, and the swollen vocal cords produce a noise similar to a seal barking. And likewise, when the, when the child takes a breath, often produce a high-pitched uh, whistling sound, which we, which we call a dry door. And uh, I actually got a, rec a, a recording that you can, you can actually uh, uh, play to the audience. Yes, we do have a sample of, of what it sounds like, and obviously parents uh, should watch out for this. Uh, so I think we're just going to listen to um, the barking cough that you refer to, which is uh, caused by this condition croup. Now, what should a parent do if they hear that sound? Uh... Yeah, the, uh, the parents can listen to the very high pitch, the sound, which we call the stridor, and also the barking cough. And when the parents notice that the child got a fever, uh, running nose, and also this barking cough and stridor, and also uh, increased work in breathing, and also distress in breathing, and also because uh, the information involved the larynx, the child may got a hot voice, and please uh, bring the child to doctor uh, immediately because it is very acute condition and the obstruction is causing a respiratory distress and this edema may may block the airway and the child may have difficulty in breathing and this needs very immediate treatment but a lot of doctors won't treat covid cases you have to go to the you have to go and, to uh, any public and hospitals and, uh, 
uh, indeed, indeed, actually, some doctors in public hospital also treat COVID cases. And but uh, but actually, can you, the parents can bring the child to public hospital, and when when the child in A and when doctor in A department uh, see these cases, they will. Uh, bring to the pediatrician immediately because it is a very immediate uh, treatment require immediate attention. Mm. So, uh, how, sorry, uh, uh, how common is this condition? This condition uh, 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 actually not not very common because uh, we encounter a few cases every month. But in the recent Omicron uh, infection, especially during the fifth wave, we encounter lots of these cases and. Uh, uh, indeed, recently, in the recent few weeks, we, we encounter really uh, one to two uh, cases uh, every day. So this is quite frequent and quite common. And so uh, uh, parents, please take attention when your small child got these uh, symptoms. Please bring to doctor uh, immediately. And also, most importantly, we, we, we need to prevent our children being infected by the COVID virus. So please bring your child for yeah, COVID vaccination uh, quickly when, when your child uh, are eligible for vaccination. Well, most of these cases are actually <coughs> not very serious, or at least uh, the children will recover without any, um, without without much problem from uh, these cases, right? They, they they can recover after treatment, but uh, this 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 needs quick, quick uh, early and immediate uh, treatment. But if the treatment uh, actually uh, at a later stage, then it may be quite difficult, and the child may go into a very severe stage. And this airway obstruction will cause hypoxia and also damage uh, to the brain. So this is very important. I, I stress again that uh, early and uh, immediate attention uh, is very important. Um, but you, parents are still generally reluctant to get their young children vaccinated. We've seen the, the vaccination rate is take up rate is still pretty pretty low among young children since it was made available last week. Yeah, it is it's understandable. So this is why our pediatrician need to uh, uh, give more education to the parents so they understand. Uh, first of all, the vaccines uh, they are immunogenic, uh, effective. And also, most importantly, they are safe. They are safe to children. So this is why it is important that they understand the vaccine uh, useful to that to protect their children against the uh, severe uh, severe consequences of the COVID infection. And also, most of, most importantly, hospitalization and also uh, death. And so it is important that they they bring the child uh, for vaccination. Why do you think it is that uh, so many parents are reluctant to get their children vaccinated? Because young children are uh, are given inoculations for other other uh, diseases, aren't they? And, and, and I mean the the, um, the the jab available for children from six months to three is their Sinovac, which is a, a long established, uh, tried and trusted uh, technology. Uh, it, it... Uh, in my experience, uh, parents they worry about vaccination mainly about the desired effect. But mm. I can I can tell parents that indeed, in they when after that their child uh, were born, actually they received so many vaccinations against uh, tense disease uh, already. For example, the polio, the tetanus, uh, the uh, other diseases. So their their children actually received many many vaccines after 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 birth. So. Yeah. The, so this is why uh, the vaccination they are important. And regarding the Sinovac, uh, many many uh, countries are actually using them, and the, they are un- undergoing many many trials already, and showing that they are immunogenic, they are effective, and so they also they are safe. 
So the the given this information, children, the parents should uh, have confidence that the vaccine uh, actually are are helpful to that to the child, and they can uh, so they should bring the children uh, for vaccinations. But as we all know, the vaccination won't stop you catching COVID. It's, it's more about reducing the effects of having COVID. Yes, it's, it is true, but. Uh, it, 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 it won't prevent you from getting infection, but most importantly, to prevent the adverse uh, consequences. Just likewise, I mentioned about the groups. And secondly, the, those uh, uh, severe consequences like the acute necrotizing and capsulitis uh, we mentioned before, that really causing death to the children. And also the other condition we mentioned before, the, what we call the MISC, the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. And also, uh, we, what, what we are now seeing more is the long COVID in the children after they recover from the infection. For example, around uh, two to three months later, they got problems with their memory, cognitions, those problems. So this is why it is important that we prevent the infection in the first place. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for speaking to us on the programme this morning. That was uh, Dr. Mike Kwan, uh, Honorary uh, Clinical Associate Professor at the Department of Paediatrics and Adolescent Medicine at the University of Hong Kong. Um, just before we bring uh, this morning's programme to a close, uh, we've got a few more messages uh, from listeners uh, on our Facebook page. On our Facebook page, uh, following up on a comment about when uh, we are going to no longer have to wear masks in Hong Kong, uh, Henry says, I am a senior and seniors I met all want to take off the mask. They're not afraid. People said vaccination rate is very high and one has to be realistic. I remember a Hong Kong U professor said the risk of catching COVID is high only in close contact. But outdoor mask requirement is nonsense. And a couple of emails here. Of Chris says, an innocent question. After three days in a hotel, you are free to go. <coughs> Excuse me, free to go out, but not to bars, restaurants, etc. So, what is the difference between spending eight hours in an office and a couple of hours in a bar? And uh, Nigel says, uh, "Good morning." During this morning's programme, Alan Zeman was very bullish about people returning to Hong Kong now that some of the restrictions are being eased. I tend to disagree. For my company staff, are still relocating to Singapore on a permanent basis. Speaking to one of my colleagues last night, who has relocated to Bangkok, he says he misses Hong Kong, but has no intention of returning, as the quality of life in Thailand is so much better. For the price of a small flat in mid levels, you get a house, garden, and pool in Bangkok. Well, I guess uh, many <laughs> considerations are involved in where you decide to uh, locate yourself. Uh, um, thank you for that uh, Nigel and thank you very much to uh, all of our listeners and, and thanks to you Danny and we'll talk to you again soon we'll see you again soon a quick look at the weather before we go to the new summary and morning brew uh, strong east to southeasterly winds uh, occasional gales offshore and on high ground uh, winds will moderate gradually later uh, cloudy with heavy squally showers and thunderstorms seas will be very rough with swelling